0: Mama, take this badge off of me. I can't use it anymore. It's getting dark, too dark to see. I feel like I'm knocking on heaven's door. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Commission Podcast. Uh, today, we're talking about the 2016 movie, recent one, Hell or High Water, hmm. starring Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Gill Birmingham. Which we'll get to a little bit more uh, of that in a minute. This is another uh, a special football edition of the Commission Podcast. This was the fulfillment of um, uh, the, we had we had en- we had enough fancy football players this year to run two leagues out of Bald Move. Everyone kicked in. I think it was thirty bucks. Uh, For two 10-man leagues uh, And the winner of the fantasy football uh, Tournament or or championship It was agreed upon that the the Prize would be um, A commission podcast We had the second winner Lindsay Blodgett Uh, She won Uh, Her team was Vamanos Pests Which I thought was pretty cool She said I was the last team to make the playoffs But I got hot and lucky at the same time Thank you guys so much for allowing The Bald Move Fantasy Football League Hey, no problem. I mean, uh, we get paid either way, (laughs) and people enjoy it. I wish I could play. I guess I haven't been able to play fantasy football for like three or four years now because I just don't have the time. Hmm. Um, And that's one of the definitely contributing factors of me not enjoying football as much, I know. it. Um, Well, let's – before we get um, uh, – she explained the reason she picked this movie was that I think the acting in this movie is superb, The entire cast did an amazing job. All the performances, subtly brilliant and real – um I actually uh I want to give people a chance to to check out on this movie. This movie got has gotten a little bit of Oscar buzz as far as some of the performances and the writing specifically. Okay. Um it is a modern western in the vein of like uh No Country for Old Men. Yeah. And a lot in the vein. A lot in the vein, <laughs> but it also has some I think there's some influences from like Season 1 True Detective and and particularly the landscapes. Uh, and even some of the cinematography sensibilities, uh, a little bit of uh, Elmore Leonard and some of the dialogue. Because I thought, even though at times this movie is grim, there it was uh, a, a more consistently funny and amusing uh, mm-hmm. in in the laconic kind of uh, dialogue delivery than something like. No Country for Old Men, which wasn't fun, even a little bit funny,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Uh, at least I don't think it was. Uh, maybe a moment or two with Harrelson, but or that's or, about or it. Tommy Lee Jones might have had some funny yeah. uh, remarks about some of the idiots he was working with, but uh, it's sparse on the comedy. The the littlest sugar to the light and the load. Uh, so if you guys want to have uh, check this out, it's not streaming on any service. You have to, you know, it's still kind of a first run movie. It just came out in August, so. Uh, we watched it on uh, <clears throat> Amazon, um, but uh, if you want to ch- check it out now, because we're about to, we're, th- if you want to check it out, let me let me stop stammering for a minute. If you want to check it out, probably stop the podcast now uh, and uh, pick it up later because we're about to spoil the shit out of it. Uh, she says uh, Jeff Bridges' reaction to his partner's death and his reaction after killing Tanner should win him an Oscar. Uh, it's also one of my favorite performances from Chris Pr- Pine. I think he really stole the show. My two favorite scenes from his character were the bar scene after hearing his brother's death. Um, I also love the tension in the roadblock scene where the cop checks his license. Mm-hmm. She says, Ben Foster is great and everything he does. In his portrayal of the passionate yet unhinged brother, Tanner, was no different. I love the final scene between the two brothers. who express their love for each other following uh, by a fuck you. Uh, let's... Let, let's uh, talk about um, our feelings in the movie for a bit before we return to uh, Lindsay's thoughts. Okay. Uh, what did you think
1: of the movie? Uh, it, I'd say probably mostly good, but I it, I'd say probably okay. I, I was not super thrilled by the movie. I think that I think she's right when she says the performances are excellent, um, pretty much across the board. I think everybody just nails it and and it it feels almost like they they don't even have to try they just fall naturally into the roles but i don't i don't know that the movie excited me very much um like the plot and the narrative
0: i am a lot more enamored of this movie than than you are number one i think i have a softer spot for westerns in general mm-hmm. um and i thought that jeff bridges like Teleports his Rooster Cogburn character from True Grit into a modern, you know, Texas Ranger style lawman.
1: Mm-hmm. In fact,
0: it wouldn't surprise me if this was a re- if I found out that this was a remake of a Robert Ford, you know, kind of western about a man trying to hold on to his family right. ranch and having to rob a bunch of crooked banks that are trying to do a bunch of crooked deals that you know, this this is uh this is a very old Western tale and it's funny that some of the things that the old Westerns are based on are kinda of come back in the form of predatory lending and this crushing poverty and, and things changing uh mm-hmm. and, and and I liked those themes and like like she and you say the performances especially I agreed. Like I there's a ten second stretch there where um Jeff Bridges avenges his partner's death where yeah. Like, I utterly think that was a genuine reaction from this old man. Like, just the the, mm-hmm. the, the carnal joy of, of slaying someone that killed you and avenging your partner and then the realization that it's not going to bring him back and the, the excitement and the grief
1: and... Uh, it, yeah. No, it's incredible. That's uh, exactly how I think it would happen. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I love that scene. I love... There, there are a couple of scenes in here that I love, and I, I like... You know, a lot of the the robbery stuff too. Yeah. I think it's it just lingers on it as long as it needs to. It doesn't it doesn't do more than it should. Yeah, and compared to
0: like Point Break, which is dangerous to make a comparison, <laughs> in, in, in any movie to Point Break, but you know, like there's this ov- these overwrought. Overplanned heist, and this is just uh, seat of the pants, like, but smart, but not like supervillain Joker style smart,
1: right? Not, not the supervillain plan, but not a smash and grab. It's kind of right. somewhere between that feels natural for this duo, and also I remember thinking
0: clearly about. Uh, you know, the, the, around the second gun robbery, it's like well, shit. This is Texas. Half mm. of everybody's packing at any one right. time, and they fucking address that, and it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I thought that stuff uh, was really great. I, I think that it seems like this movie's primary sin is it's not No Country for Old Men,
1: and it wants to be. I think. But a little
0: too much. I mean, Jesus Christ! Do you? Do you I, I. It's it's so weird to see movies pilloried like that because, like you, what you say, three ten to Yuma isn't awesome because it's not as grim and 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 good as Unforgiven. Like, I, I I don't know. Like, it, it's almost like if this is a genre, if this isn't the Western genre, why does it have to be? up there with the very best example of what it can be to be considered a good, if not even a great film. And I felt like a lot of the online reviews honestly, a lot of the online reviews were um, exceptional. Like, this has got like a 98% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Uh, But you and I, I, um, I forget the guy's He's taken over one of the the guest writers on Roger Ebert's site. Um,
1: yeah, I I couldn't help but Like I read his review and I was like, wow, he is echoing basically everything I thought about this movie. Yeah, right down to like the critiques of some of the actors' careers, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's exactly what I thought about Ben Foster too. Uh But yeah, I his, his I think his name is Peter Sobczynski. Uh, I I don't know. I I guess I'm not the right audience for this or something. I just have a hard time with what I think is the central core message of this, which is the plight of the poor white country folk. What is your point. problem with that? I, I'm i just far less concerned with that than I am with maybe some, some other plights at the moment. I don't know. I mean,
0: they're equally. So if you look at like, it's kind of the, the invert the, it's the inverse of the, you know, uh, plight of poor urban populations right mm-hmm. i mean you get to a situation where you've got like a a flint michigan or a detroit or a uh what was it post texas mm-hmm. uh where things are so bad and have been so bad for so many generations that anyone that could have left has left and mm-hmm. you've just got this this continuing downward spiral of Poverty and and alcohol abuse and domestic violence and poor schools mm-hmm. and no tax money to do shit. And it gets worse and worse. And the people who left there have no like lifeboat to get out of. It's like I don't I mean, I think it's it, poor and, and impoverished and uneducated populations anyway are a problem that we need to solve. And um, sure, I agree with all that. And, you know, it's like I kept on thinking, it's like, you know, why would someone live here? But I don't think anyone does choose to live here. Like, like yeah. the Chris Pine character, if he lived, you know, in New York City, he probably would have been smart enough to get to a good school, and he would have, you know, had a lot more opportunities for employment, and he wouldn't be bet- betting all of his desperate gambles on some crazy, you know, scheme to get back at the banks and and win his ranch back so he can get oil money off of it.
1: Right, right. Uh, which you know, I I'm. I'm aware of all that and I think yes it's certainly a tragedy of its own but I like it's hard for me to look at someone like a Jeff Bridges in this movie and say that I am uh impressed by that character. Hmm. I mean I don't think he's I I don't know why he's throwing all of these all of these jokes, I guess jokes around at his partner, these racially horrific jokes. I he's an offensive character to me he's well why is he worse than uh dean norris from breaking bad he's probably not dean norris is an offensive character at the beginning of that too sure sure and then he morphs into something more but i i i just i couldn't get past the the stuff he's doing with his partner here long enough for their relationship to really sink in because it's it feels like a very, very one-sided That's... thing from Jeff Bridges, where he's like, ha-ha, buddy, you should be taking this all in stride. No, fuck you, man. I'm well, waiting for you to retire and die, so yeah, I don't have to put up with this shit.
0: The only time Gil Birmingham, which I know primarily as the head of the werewolf clan from uh, Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only time that you are ever, because he kind of, I mean, he's he's not like, hey, shut the fuck up, but he kind of wears this like look of disdain about the way... Jeff Bridges' is acting throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only time you get a hint that he is not hating him is in the hotel when when he walks out the door and he kind of, like, a slight smile cracks on his face. Right. But I agree. Like, if you're going to have this dynamic you got to have the other guy busting back so you could see that this is something that they they just do.
1: Right, and that's why I guess it felt a little more m- maybe natural with Dean Norris, because you had Gomi there right. busting right back. You right. Know?
0: Like, if they had a made a movie about you and I, and, like, if only you called me fuckface all the time, and I just had, like, this hard lip expression <laughs> every time, right. it would be like, Boy, that Jim guy's a real asshole. Jim's an asshole, but if, like, I gave it back just as, just as much, then you'd be like, oh, this is how... Because, you know, that's... For mostly worse, uh or better, that's kind of how a lot of men most men relate. Like we're so fucking emotionally constipated. Right. And I'm I'm yeah. most I'm mostly frustrated with myself because I'm aware of it, yet I, I I feel like I'm a person who I don't know, I have an intense phobia for tree leaves or something. And like someone says, Hey, there's no reason to be afraid of tree leaves and I'm like, mm-hmm. I believe it and I, I I accept the truth of the assertion, but Fuck, it's really hard to touch those tree leaves cuz I just think they're <laughs> gonna bite me. Yeah, well. You know. Dangerous. Um I but, but yeah, you're I, right. I could really way d- get over it with that character. I don't and I don't know why. I, I wonder if there was a little bit of like um insurgency from Gil Birmingham where he just himself didn't he played it a little bit like He didn't think this was cool. No, I mean, there's no way. There's no way on a production like like a director can't let. Yeah, he'd be like, "Look, Gil, I get it. You don't like this, but your character is going to bust his balls right back." But but, and he does
1: a couple times, but it's never. It never feels like an equal thing there. It always feels like Jeff Bridges is just shitting on this guy. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, and so I didn't really like his character very much. Granted, I, I think Jeff Bridges did an excellent job in a couple of scenes where he really just brought it. But hard for me to identify with that guy, and then, like i said i I don't know I mean, I'm certainly sensitive to you know the the whole house the whole thing happened around the housing market right that that bust it was like this town got wiped out by that they they were already poor uh the banks were lending them money they couldn't afford to pay back, and then, and then they seized all their properties when they right, couldn't pay it back. I right. mean, there's there's a piece well, of graffiti at the very beginning that says something about that. Like, you
0: see all these reverse mortgages nowadays, which is essentially when you get older and, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've got a lot of equity in your house, or maybe it's paid off. Uh, but, you know, because a lot of people don't have pensions and they've been raided, uh, they, they make this pitch that uh, they will... You know, essentially, instead of you paying the bank, the bank pays you, and they own ever more part of your house. Right, and that strikes me as like, okay. I mean, you know, you're no longer it's it's taking away of your instead of transferring wealth to future generations, which is kind of how we've done things up until now. You're, you're essentially trans you're you're sucking that wealth. Uh, to sustain yourself in the in the present, which is is fine, mm-hmm. but it seems like it 's an especially predatory tactic when you 've got mineral rights involved, where like sure. this old woman who died seems like from some sort of cancer with a lot of expensive medical bills, and they had to mortgage the house and there's back taxes, and the bank for forty seven thousand dollars is going to get millions and millions of dollars of return from that, yeah. And they know it because they had that guy's face. they had this whole family bent over the barrel, right? Um, and that's 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 an interesting story. And that's it's like when you think about it, that's something right out of what you would hear, um, you know, in, in these these uh, old west towns where there's like a gold rush or there's a railroad going through, and there's right. this guy buying up all the property and fucking you know, like like Harrison Ford. Was it Harrison Ford in that movie? Oh, that's Cowboys and Aliens shit. Not, <laughs> oh, not the reference. But, but essentially, it's the the the, the rich ra- cattle rancher that like dams up the water supply, right? Yeah. To force people like there's nothing wrong on the property except for what he caused. Now he's going to buy it for pennies on the dollar and, and and fuck you fuck you over for it. Yeah, um, I think that was that was one of the plots in Three Ten to Yuma. Might have been um, as well. Yeah, because wasn't uh, Christian Bale's like his property was all fucked over on water rights or something. I think so. Yeah anyway yeah, river got diverted I but it's know. interesting but that's like that's kind of like um i i don't know how common that is in texas or or whatever but that's that's a modern way to tell that tale like you know predatory lending substituting for you know unscrupulous uh ranchers
1: yeah i mean i guess it's not it's not a bad story for sure it's it's a pretty good story it's just Something about it that didn't quite fit together for me.
0: I do think it sagged a bit in the middle, but I didn't mind it because I need – because I – anytime I see just a dumb fuck character Mm -hmm. that's self-destructive with a person that is – got a reasonable head on their shoulders, it drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like there's many points of film I'm like, why did Chris Pine need his brother it seems like he could just have robbed these banks solo and done a better job.
1: Maybe. I mean, I certainly if he had a more competent partner, they would have done a better job. I I'm not sure, I've never robbed a bank, but right. I imagine two people is better than one. But
0: but the way Chris Pine wanted to do it is only go at the very begin, you know, at the early in the day when there's going to be right. no one there. And you're going to avoid all the problems of an armed population in Texas. That's that's you know, uh, I would say that a lot of, a lot of gun owners' mindset, I'm going to say a lot, but a certain percentage, because I've been on you know gun owner forums and whatnot. Is I wish a motherfucker would, <laughs> you know. And I I feel right. like in in Texas, I lived in Texas in this in this region of Texas for two or three years as a teenager. And I feel like that is like you know, there's a lot of guys that are going into that bank, and it's not in the forefront, but in the back of their mind, it's like, oh man, wouldn't it be awesome if some fucker came in here, and I could Everybody save the day. Everybody wants net. to be the hero, right? sure. Who
1: doesn't? Yeah. Um, also, you you spend that much money, you spend X hundreds of dollars on a gun, you probably want to use it for something. Yeah. Now you're probably taking it to the range or shooting out on your property, or right. Whatever. But right. you probably wanted to put it to, to put it to what is honestly its real use, which is not practice, right? But hunting or killing something shooting and destroying something sure no
0: i mean I, I i do think that uh you know there is a little bit of charge from that and they capture that but yeah i, th- I feel like chris pine could have done you know just showed up with his ski mask and his 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 gun and stuck up splooges wife from breaking bad mm-hmm. and the bank manager and had done all that in a much more controlled fashion yeah, you're probably right um I don't know I don't i maybe there was something the other thing is I feel like there's a couple of the pieces of the plot that I don't have a firm command over because I just saw this once that maybe would have cleared it up like there might have been something where his brother was vital to setting up the lawyer deal but surely not Chris hmm. Chris Pine character Toby had to have done all that yeah I mean
1: the lawyer deal
0: well, you know how they had the trust established, and the, the mm-hmm. way that, and then they they like like was that lawyer some crooked contact that um been
1: oh you are talking about devil
0: yeah devil from justified uh, okay right
1: yeah yeah I don't I don't know what his role was either exactly well
0: he was he was the guy who set up the trust and helped them yeah, you know okay. do all the legal paperwork to make sure the bank couldn't come back around which that's mm-hmm. the other thing is I'm kind of skeptical that. It seemed there's this line at the end where, not Tommy Lee Jones, Jesus, Jeff Bridges uh, was talking about, you know, he had already retired, and this is already long gone, and and the trail has gone cold, and they had killed, you know, Ben Foster's character, and it was kind of an open and shut case, where he was kind of like, there's got to be something more to this. And they mentioned that the bank's not even fighting it. And I found that hard to believe because the bank just lost out on millions of dollars. And it's pretty easy to connect the dots here. It seems like no, what, uh, no matter what legal instrument that he could have produced, they would have found the way to fuck him out of that.
1: Yeah, I, I would have thought too. Like, It's one thing to say, I'm going to stand here and watch you fax this fucking thing because mm-hmm. I don't trust you. Uh, it, but that banker could have just been like, "Well, office is closed," or like the fax comes in and they don't get a response because they're, they're out for the day or whatever. Or with Br- with civil forfeiture, shut, like,
0: forfeiture, what it is, like you've got fifty oh, thousand right. dollars in cash that right. You know, I I know it's that any amount over. It used to be ten thousand, might be a thousand that a casino issues. Mm-hmm. They have to give like notice to the to the IRS and right. to the Department of Homeland Security because mm-hmm. it's it's you know an easy way to launder money. Now yeah. I feel like a lot of know, que- Oh, you got shot? You know, like there'd been a lot of questions that he couldn't have answered. But the movie wants us to think that none of that's a problem. That this right, which seems a little too convenient for me, right? But you know, uh, that's a movie yeah I mean but i you know that's that could be um I could see that being a hang up like you know if if mm-hmm. if you just don't buy the premise then you know it's- no
1: i I mean the premise is fine, and I actually think it's nice that you know he's stealing the bank's money to then pay the bank off right right he's paying them with their own money right, which i think is pretty funny and some pretty uh it's pretty nice justice there although it's funny when he comes up and he's like we don't want the
0: we don't want your money just the bank's money it's like i i wish jimmy stewart had stumbled in he's like, but it's but, 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 but it's 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 everybody's money that money's in <laughs> julie's house and in the waitress's right. house and it's not as it all. it you know it's like come on i just watched uh i just watched it's a wonderful life i know how this works yeah um what else well how do we get i feel like i've been talking forever and i don't i can't can't remember the what we were talking about
1: (laughs) uh i mean i was just talking about you know some of the some of the things that i didn't like about the plot but oh right right uh let me ask you this jeff bridges definitely has a distinct acting style uh and he's, he's done it in a couple of movies that i've seen now why does he talk like he has eight lips Eight lips? <laughs> yeah. What like, f- his like his words can't get past the f- sheer volume of his lips hmm. in order I, to to say something without...
0: Because I was going to say, I don't think it's fair to say that he, that he has um, one... I, I I mean, this might be the old man Jeff Bridges acting style. Yeah. Although,
1: I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see Wild Heart. Right. No, I agree. He didn't have this when he was younger. Like, uh-huh. you go back to, what, K-Pax or whatever. He doesn't talk di- like he's got coins in his mouth or the, the big Lebowski or right. whatever I, I feel like that yeah that he was
0: intentionally doing the, the rooster Cogburn you know okay. very yeah. old maybe a little bit of nerve damage going on maybe that's all I've seen him in lately he's got those a, couple a mean of things. case of lower lip cancer from the tobacco does, he's kept tucked in there for 40-50 years
1: what does he do in the Iron Man movies I forget what his performance is like. He's there, he's like Tony Stark made bald. this in a cave. Like it's yeah, <laughs> he's definitely not eight lips there.
0: No, he's just bald. He's just bald, yeah. bald and bearded. He shaved his head. Um. I, yeah, I don't know. I. I. But. But. It's. 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 It's, it's exactly his performance from True Grit. Right. It's exactly. It is. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what he's so like, you know, John Wayne only need one fucking character to portray, portray a cowboy. So I, uh-huh. when I'm doing a cowboy,
1: then I'm going to be this one character, damn it. That's fine, I guess. I, let's talk about Ben Foster a little bit because I feel like his okay, stick is wearing a little thin for me. Really? So I, I think he's great in this movie. And I think okay. he's great in, like, everything he does. And he's a, a really good actor. Right. But he does kind of the same thing in all of these movies that I've seen him in. He and, is and very much. To get like, he
0: is very much the the whack job from three ten to human. Yeah, very much. But what else have we seen him in? I mean,
1: I've seen him in a lot of stuff. But I know I can't he played. Remember.
0: He plays the one of the the, the angel characters in an X Men, and he was kind of forgettable that, in that. I was
1: going to say, is that even how big of a part is that? That's I mean, tiny,
0: right? Yeah, it's pretty pretty small. Pretty small. Uh, I know I've seen him in a bunch of like. I know I've seen him in just a ton of different stuff, but I feel like mm. he's a bit more of a chameleon cuz here he's a little bit thicker too. Um Yeah, he is. He he's he's uh, the, the most of the other roles I've seen him in, he's been a lot more a lot more slender. Yeah. Uh and not as beefy. Um But I don't know. I guess I, where I was going with before is like it, it always drives me nuts to see this kind of hot character characters um smashed up with some kind of uh <laughs> You know, more level-headed, but I feel yeah. like he redeemed himself just a little bit. Well, it's, by taking it's... the heat, so it's hard because a lot of the reason they're in the heat was his fault, right? And he also killed a bunch of innocent people. Uh huh. Um, but he did do a fairly noble kind of heroic thing in that last stand where he let his brother get away. But that's a very yeah, complicated family branch. It's a very complicated moral calculus, like for sure was it worth getting Chris Pine's two kids out of crushing the disease of poverty, as he calls it? Mm-hmm. Was it worth, was it worth those four people's lives? Especially when you find out that, uh, you know, um, the, the, the Gil, uh, Bir- Birmingham, uh, character, um, he had a, a big family according to, uh, Jeff Bridges. So like, why is their lives less important than Chris Pine's, kids
1: i don't think they are yeah. I, th- I think ben foster's a bad guy <laughs> well but by <laughs> extension okay, is not Pi- by extension is chris pine like he he's like no i mean
0: in his mind no one's asked to die yeah i'm just stealing from the bank to get to to, to do them dirty the way they're doing me dirty mm-hmm. and i mean it's it's kind of like uh, and even Lindsay in her feedback she compares us directly to the breaking bad a good man doing bad things for an ultimately good purpose. And yeah. we didn't see how far his character would survive or would fall in a two hour movie. Mm. But, you know, Jeff Bridges says something like, You're never going to get over this. This is, you're never going to get away from this. This is something that's going to haunt you the rest of your days. Sure. And I kind of feel like that's probably true. That's probably true. I mean, he did, in a way, get his brother killed. His brother killed, four other innocent people killed, and that's a taint, like, is if... And I, I'm thinking if I was him and something bad happens to my children or they run into some tough times, like, wouldn't some of that you chalk up the karma?
1: If your kids ran into a bad time?
0: Yeah, like, this, like this, you, you try to give them the easy street by... Yeah. By 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 shooting and killing people, mm-hmm. you can't. I mean that's that's no that's no foundation to build any kind of life on. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I so how how much are the kids actually hearing about how terrible their father was? Because it doesn't seem like they're hearing any of that. I don't know. He's I not think, a suspect. I've, He's not on the news. Well, his mom. So his
0: mom's probably been feeding them, uh, or their moms probably been feeding them a, a, a pretty big dose of your father's a piece of shit.
1: Which For and a I, long time, not just because of the bank robbery stuff.
0: Right, like, he talks about how far behind he is on child support, and, right. you know, there's probably a lot of promises made and not kept, and, you know, uh, also Ben Foster uh, asserts that she's the type of woman that was never going to be happy with him anyway, so, like, you know, there's all kinds of things going on wrong there, but...
1: Yeah, it also didn't feel right to me. This kid obviously has some serious problems with his dad. Sure. The one that we see, and... It seems to me that they're all smoothed over with a beer and a promise of you're rich, well, a promise of a ranch. <laughs> I mean, why? Does that why do you smooth think over why years do you think it's of neglect? Over. Why? Why? Why because do you think because the relationship, over? like his his attitude, his body language, everything changes toward his father by the end of that. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I've seen. It's interesting because I've seen like with my nephew, his dad's a real piece of shit, um, and. Like, he's 14 now, and if his dad puts forth just a little bit of effort, you'd think that he fucking, you know, landed on the moon. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is something, like, it, it takes a, a, like a, it, it probably takes a, a long time to flip the switch from my dad is an asshole, or from my, my dad is not around, and maybe he's a scoundrel, to my dad's just complete piece of shit, and he's not worth anything, and I'm never going to think about him again. Sure. You know, like, and I, I wonder if some, uh, like, like, you know, I don't have that relationship with my dad. Um, I'm really only observing it secondhand through entertainment, but I bet there <laughs> is some kind of, like, you know, psychological hold. Yeah. Um, That seems like it's also something that perpetuates through generations. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. Uh, There was another good scene, which was the vicious beating of the guy in the Camaro or the Charger or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, (laughs) It was pretty brutal.
0: Uh huh. Uh, Chris Pine came out of nowhere to just just wreck, beat that punk to the ground. Yeah. Where did that come from? The the vicious beating. I mean, it came from this guy being an asshole. No, 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 no. Where did Chris Pine? Where did that come out of Chris Pine? Because. Those brothers oh. met. they're very different. Was that scene to illustrate that had a few of life's Plinko chips gone a, in a different slot that Chris Pine would have been his brother and his brother would have been Chris Pine? Or was yeah, that- or,
1: or maybe to illustrate the past that this guy has had. You know, I mean, he's not... Yes, he's, he's, not a choir he's boy. brighter than his brother, and yes, he you know, cares for his family, but yeah, he's not the, this innocent soul. He's, he's a violent person as well if if the mood strikes him or if circumstances hit just right.
0: Uh, Can I, can I discuss the biggest problem I have with this movie? Oh, boy. Yeah. Why does a place that serves only T-bones and baked potato, I mean, they make it clear that that's the only ol- and, and corn Pretty on clear. the cob and, and, and green beans. That's all you're going to get out of this fucking place. Mm-hmm. Why do they have ketchup and mustard on the
1: table? <laughs> well, ketchup, okay, ketchup... Catch. I would, I would excuse because of the potato. Like maybe you, you want to chop up your put, potato into put like ketchup fry on like baked potato. I mean, you put them on French fries. I mean, yeah, I guess it's one of those. You put things them on hash browns. You to like... squirt
0: on your mashed potatoes. How far are you going to go? Sure. Man? Yeah. No. I'll put
1: ketchup on mashed potatoes any day of the week. Have you? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so I could but see it. Or, or I, But potatoes. That... But mustard. That's a real And
0: I was thinker. thinking, like, I know there are some mouth-breathing troglodytes out there to put ketchup on steak. They're also the type of people okay. to get their steak well fucking done. This place yeah. clearly doesn't truck with that shit. Right. It's like you want your steak medium, medium rare. rare, and there is no, like, I, I, I like the cut of this place's jib. I would like to make reservations for this place. Yeah. I bet they make a mean T-bone. But, like, why does this restaurant have ketchup and mustard on a table? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't Massive have stuck bottle. around
1: long enough to ask that question. I'd have been out the door in a second.
0: Maybe it's just they put it there just for the old lady to have something else to bitch about. Like if you go to reach <laughs> for the ketchup, what
1: the fuck are you doing reaching
0: for that right. ketchup? You I know. bet they have
1: a fountain drink dispenser too. <laughs> you go over there and start to push that Coke Zero button.
0: Right. <laughs> what the fuck? It's just tea comes out. It's It, it has that like Coke Sprite Carbonated Pepsi, tea. but it's just, it's just it's just all tea. Uh yeah, um, that, that's, that's the one thing I, but some of the, di- I was trying to think of, because the dialogue is pretty funny, um, there's some things, like, I've, I pride myself in a lot of colorful expressions and euphemisms, but I've never heard the term, I got a shit like an old goat.
1: Neither that
0: cracked, when Ben Foster said that at the, at well, it wasn't yeah. the casino, it was at the... The diner? Yeah, because he was, yeah. he was actually gonna go jack a, uh, uh, uh j- jack another bank, mm-hmm. um, but gosh, got like an old goat. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to file that away for future use. That's that's hilarious. What about an old goat makes one?
1: Just I mean everything gets gets bad on the back end of a goat. I imagine really like it starts bad. Yeah. A young goat. I feel goats are just shitting out disgusting
0: like, shit. I feel like they're just shitting out large pellets. Like it's like a like an overgrown rabbit
1: poop. Well, it probably depends on what they eat, and they eat everything. That's true. So, like, can you imagine the things that come out of you when you eat? <laughs> tin shopping cans. Shopping carts. And, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tin
0: speed bicycles. Yeah. And fluorescent light oh, bulb tubes. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's probably he's going to. So he's essentially going to shit a hardware store is what he's saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. He's going to
1: shit a recycling plant. Yep. Um, wh- I got one more question. Okay. That I, I'm going to pound you with. So, the end of this movie, clearly they wanted a moment where, like, there was high tension. Will they shoot each other? Won't they shoot each other at the end uh, when Jeff Bridges visits him on the ranch? Yeah. And they wanted to break that tension with the family coming huh. You're going to tell me that the family doesn't recognize the guy? This woman doesn't recognize the guy who killed her brother-in-law and the kids don't recognize the guy who killed their uncle? Well, it was all over TV. We yeah, saw his face all over wait, the TV. We saw
0: Jeff Bridges' face. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I thought that was when, like, the
1: hero that shot him from hmm. 500 yards or whatever. I guess that would. Be they were a making big a big face. deal about it, and it's a small fucking town. Because I mean, I mean, I've,
0: I'm pay attention to police shootings, and maybe they show the officer's face, but like I find that, I mean, I guess if the guy shot my brother-in-law i would remember I that would think
1: i don't so. know about the kids they clearly just wanted to use this as a device to relieve this tension yeah and they didn't consider oh maybe these people would know who this guy is instead and and that it would just act, actually escalate the whole situation yeah i mean they had
0: this thing so let me try to invent a possible <laughs> reason they okay. had this kind of conceit where they were taking a road trip like they're i'm not sure if the indian, indian casino was in oklahoma Mm-hmm. Or if the banks they were robbing were pre- pre- predominantly on the border of Oklahoma and Texas. But I wonder if, like, that was big local news and the spot that they did it and, you know, in his hometown there wasn't a lot of mention. Because that, that wouldn't have been a know. national I mean, news story, would it?
1: Well, they, they purposely kept it small, like the small-time nature of right. the robberies. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They didn't want the they didn't want government, the feds like involved, the FBI, they want get the, involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So but, I, I don't think this is on CNN.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, it'd probably be on local news, though, I imagine. Like, but local
0: at Texas is fucking huge. Like, if something happens big in San Antonio, I don't know necessarily that it's news in Dallas, Fort Worth.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If a guy from your hometown robs a bank, a bunch of banks, and, and gets and has a in a, shootout a police with, shootout with, with not just and the police, sniped. but
0: like the townsfolk
1: right, all the towns got involved. there's yeah. a chase. there's shootings and murders, and a police officer snipes him from a distance. like in that town, they're gonna cover that, yeah, I have to imagine, yeah, I guess so, even if that the town's way far away. I also had a little bit of a problem with Jeff Bridge's ability to to read the situation, like he seems huh. a little too. Uh, clued in on the plot here. Nothing seemed particularly out of so give me an example. So maybe I just don't understand how he figured out that they were going to post um, to rob that bank but I didn't figure it out. I have no idea how he knew that. I think that there was three banks left
0: they could have robbed. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had seen a pattern where they were going to smaller banks, not larger banks, and hmm. that they hadn't robbed this bank yet. If they were going, and, and their pattern was to show up early in the morning, and he quickly identified because his partner's like, well, except for that one that happened in the middle of the afternoon, he's like, yeah, but I think that partner just he just went rogue, and maybe that yeah. was like a crime of opportunity. But they've they've always showed up first thing in the morning. It's first thing in the morning and this bank hasn't been robbed, there's only one other that fits the, the profile. Because mm-hmm. the partner said, Well, there's the other one, and he goes, Well, that's that's too big for them and then the other one was closed, so yeah. it was a process of eliminate that's what I'm saying. Like there's a couple of those I, I agree with you. The mechanics don't uh, I didn't wrap my head around that and the particulars of the legal deal that they were making, but Well it didn't
1: help that that whole conversation was interrupted multiple times. Right. And they they were trying to to play this, like, just let me get through this. Right, what I'm trying to say here.
0: Right, and also Jeff Bridges was speaking through eight lips, apparently. <laughs> right. So, and we were we weren't watching with subtitles on. So That's true. I, you're only getting every every third word out of him. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Because she's got a couple of things that she, uh, Lindsay's, would like to propound us with.
1: Yeah, let's see what she's got.
0: Okay. Um. So what do you guys make, because I think we've talked about our feelings about Marcus and his uh, feelings for Alberto, his emotional constipation there, Uh, what do you guys make of the final scene, do you think there would have been a duel between Marcus and Toby had Toby's ex-wife not arrived and she did, who do you think would have won in that fight, Marcus or Toby
1: I think Toby's probably going to win that.
0: I mean, he's got the shotgun drawn and half-pointed at him. Right. Like, and I, he's
1: a young man, and uh, Jeff Bridges has got to creak and crack and get to his pistol. <laughs> like,
0: true. But I I actually was kind of surprised that Jeff Bridges' character, Marcus, made that final shot. Like, that was a yeah. good fucking shot. It was a good
1: shot, and he was winded, and he just really just pulled it together and got him.
0: Yeah. So, um, but I, so I I don't know. Um I feel like you're right, though. There's no way if someone's got a shotgun trained on you that you're going to be able to from a seated position. They're standing. Yeah. You're seated. They got a gun up and drawn. You've got to reach around because he – it looked like he was either going to be in his boot or maybe in the back of his waistband. Yeah, I didn't see it on him. Yeah, even when he walked away. Like, so yeah. it might have been – maybe he wasn't even armed. Maybe. I mean, because I, I have a – the other thing is like I guess he's an old Texas lawman that has nothing to lose. So mm-hmm. maybe he does draw down on the guy because he's kind of suicidal at this point. He's got you know throughout the whole movie they're talking about man when you retire you're going to be have nothing to do. Yeah. You're not going to be the guy that sits out on a porch or you know haunts this T-bone restaurant. You you're, you're going to have you're you're going to be a <laughs> sad sorry sack of shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wanted uh, Toby to give him
1: peace. He might have. Yeah. Do you think that they this-
0: actually have a
1: do you think they actually have a drawdown later on? That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, yeah. You know what? That character, Marcus, doesn't seem like the kind of guy who can let this go when he's got a hunch. Not just that, but I think Toby's haunted, too. So,
0: like, one of those guys are one bender away from showing up drunk yeah. at the other's house, and then
1: you'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Sad thing is that's not even Toby's house. <laughs> like,
0: well, yeah, he's just
1: at the ranch fixing it up. He
0: did give him his street address though, because oh, he, he? he said, "Yeah, or... I, I live at such and such in town. Anytime you want to stop by." Because ah. yeah, I don't think he wants him showing up strapped no. at his family's house. Uh, she wants to know: Were we rooting for the brothers the whole movie? Do you think? Kinda, yeah. Do you think what they were doing is right or justified? And was there a point where you stopped rooting for the brothers? This is the age-old: When did you turn against Walt?
1: I don't think I ever turned against Toby. Yeah. I think I turned against whatever his brother's name is. I was never for his brother. Yeah, out. I mean, that's probably the fair, the better way to put it. Like, the whole time
0: I'm thinking, God damn, Chris Pine, you should have... You need to find a Spock.
1: So I, I guess early on they came you, as You're a shacked
0: up with a drunk Scotty. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a drunk,
1: dumb Scotty. Scotty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess at, near the beginning of this movie, before... Ben Foster started killing people uh-huh. uh, they kind of came as a pair so I wanted them to succeed. Yes. Not necessarily like one of them and the other can go fuck himself. Uh, but once Ben Foster starts killing people I turn on him. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm fine if that guy dies but because, Chris Pine still needs to get out of this. Because
0: not only is he fucking the plan but he's also f- like like I do believe that, that Toby was a good enough person that he was going to be haunted by this. Yeah. You know he would have felt really good about providing for his family by robbing from the bank. Four or five people dying, including a cop, he Mm -hmm. probably feels pretty shitty about. Yep. Um, So, yeah, I guess I stopped. I don't know. I didn't ever stop rooting as more like one of those tragic things where, boy, I wish none of those people had died. And I can't feel good about the movie as a result. Sure. Uh, Well, I mean, not the movie. The situation the movie shows. Mm -hmm. Um, How shocked were you that Alberto died? It seemed like Marcus would be the ranger to die in a blaze of glory since he was so close to retiring. Honestly, I thought I I was I thought both of the brothers would die. Like and and mm-hmm. the bank would win. Like I thought we were going for a very <laughs> you know, uh downer ending of a movie. Mm-hmm. And I, what I got was a lot more quiet and personal and ambiguous of an ending. Sure. So yeah, when when Alberto got shot, I was shocked. Me too. Especially when they made it clear to he got shot in the face, he, and then when he moved his hat and his brains were blown
1: out, in I'm like, nope, yeah, yeah, Roberto's just gone, he's done. I'm glad they made that super clear yeah. right then and there because I don't think uh, Jeff Bridges' performance hits quite as hard if you're unsure whether his partner's dead. Right, so yeah, good, good, good on them in that moment.
0: Yeah, but I was, I was very, I, I think I might even audibly gasped when he got shot. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of the Comanche ties into the movie? Tanner's last words is, I am Lord of the Plains. Uh, also in the casino scene, when he says to the Comanche, um, the Comanche says to him, I'm a Comanche. Do you know what that means? It means enemy to everyone. Tanner says, do you know what that makes me? A Comanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you make of that?
1: He's just He's just that kind of guy. Doesn't give a fuck about anyone, anything. He's going to do what he wants. He's going to be an asshole. And people are just gonna have to deal with it or kill him, I guess. Well, they also made
0: this interesting point where Alberto, before he got his brains blown out, is said that, you know, they had this like this racist re- repartee where the, you know, Marcus is saying, Oh, your people lived in caves for, you know, X or amount of time and he's like, Well, your people did too and he said, "You." He goes, "We have a lot in common because some, some at some point in time, someone fucked over your people and turned them into and turned you into what you are now. Mm-hmm. And then you came to do it to the Indians, and now look around. The banks are now doing it to you, right? Uh, and, and, uh, to the, to the. You know, so you got this other ruling class. It's all this. It's not a racial divide now. It's an economic divide." Mm-hmm. Um, and turning these people into enemies to everyone—they're like you know—you f- know, you see this in politics a lot. People are just like fuck, fuck the world. Like I kind of want to see yep. the world burn. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Also, you know, the Comanche didn't have shit to say when he said that. You know, I mean, he's right. Yeah, <laughs> Tanner literally is like yeah. he's an enemy to everyone except for maybe his brother. Mm-hmm. And even then, he he, he he smacks on his brother a, a time or two. He does uh where does this movie rank for you guys in terms of 2016 films and that's where
1: oh what a question because
0: because i wanted to go like well we just did this on the baldies i'll just go and look and i'm like oh man um that's tough because you know we've gotten our top five i think and unless i've I've, i i fucked up this order we didn't do it right arrival dr strange sully 10 Cloverfield Lane and Snowden and we blended, we intentionally blended enjoyment and quality and mm-hmm. you know, this is one of the best movies I saw in 2016 it wasn't the most entertaining movies I saw in 2016. Oh, sure. So yeah. what do I I mean, what does that ultimately mean? It probably means something that's going to make a little bit of noise in some of the technical and writing and maybe performance categories of the mm-hmm. uh, of the
1: Academy Awards and yeah, I think this is the most natural performance I've seen from Chris Pine, probably ever. Like, I I it's really f- like him, you know, as James T. Kirk. I right. like him as uh, whatever character he plays in Horrible Bosses 2. Mm-hmm. Like, fantastic character. Just a dickhole through and through. Uh, but this just felt like a solid performance. Like, something that would be Oscar-worthy, frankly. Because... It, I look at Chris Pine in Star Trek, and I don't think he can pull this off.
0: Yeah, like, he doesn't have this serious gear. Right. But uh, apparently
1: he does. Because right. he
0: brought it in this. Kind of like, you know, would you think... Well, Josh Brolin is maybe a tough example because we've seen him do other yeah. impressive things before. Uh, no Country for Old Men. But, like, yeah, I guess any time... I, you know, Matthew McConaughey is a good example. Anytime you see, like, a Hollywood pretty boy or, mm-hmm. or a Robert Downey Jr., when you see them do something that makes you, be like, oh, wow, this guy's more than just a pretty face that first time. I, it, it's almost like the same way that you get when uh, a comedic actor turns dramatic. Right. It's like, oh, well, we knew he's this one thing, and now he can do this other thing. That's, for some reason, impressive to people. hmm Like, that you're, like, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. People grade celebrities on way too much of a fucking curve right it's like everybody jizzes all over you know peyton manning because he's kind of funny or lebron james because he has a sense uh-huh. of humor it's like so fucking what like shouldn't we expect that from the majority of people i would think so but i don't know maybe that's like when you're in the top 0.001 percent of the world at anything you spent so much of your life doing that one thing yeah. but Chris chris what what does chris pine spend his life doing being pretty
1: no, like, uh, that's no, what I'm saying. Spent, like, yeah, he's I mean, spent his life acting, which right? We should expect, it. right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Then comic acting is still fucking
1: acting, man. So why yeah.
0: why do we keep getting blown away when some when a funny man can can frown as much as he can smack himself in the balls? Like,
1: because I I mean, you comedy doesn't have the range of emotion that you need to show in a serious drama. Yeah, uh, it's usually usually there are some exceptions, certainly, but. Yeah, I, I was thoroughly impressed by his performance. Yeah. M- I, more so than anybody else in the movie. I think Jeff Bridges is also excellent. Yes. Ben Foster excellent. But but those know. weren't as big a surprise. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed
0: with Gil Bur- um, Birmingham. Uh-huh. I've not seen him in much, honestly. Just Twilight. And uh, I know I've seen him in other things, but that's the <laughs> one that really sticks out in my mind. Yeah. And I thought he was... It was a... It was a weird, uncomfortable performance paired with Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. but maybe that was the point. They weren't making it easy to just, like, excuse and overlook uh, Jeff Bridges' casual racism by having, you know, uh, the the Native American character make a bunch of stock white boy cracker, you know, yeah. pale face references.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, if that's what you're going for, then I guess maybe it plays when you see the true nature of their relationship unveiled when the guy dies right cuz then it's all laid bare like Jeff Bridges obviously cares about him yeah. very much mm-hmm. uh and and Jeff Bridges is definitely just busting his balls i don't i don't think he personally has any grief or any uh any problem with i mean this the guy. is the
0: way that Jeff Bridges is telling this man he loves him right because he cannot physically say the words, and it's
1: the same way that Chris Pine and Ben Foster do it too. Like, yeah. you know, he says "I love you," I mean it, but and he's not he looking him in the eye, face, right? It's like, and then
0: he calls, then he says "fuck you," like that's yeah. that's for again, for better or worse, mostly worse. That's how uh, 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 Western men, or maybe even American men, that's how we roll. That's how we. I been, mean, it's certainly how, how the we've writer been taught.
1: portrays all of the men in this movie. So.
0: But I don't think it's an unfair portrayal. Like, that's just kind of how it is. It's not maybe the way it should be. and Maybe we'd be healthier if we were uh, able to say these things without any being cloaked in irony. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it definitely
1: felt like how these guys would interact. I would say maybe it's brushing. It's probably somewhere in the top ten for me. Yeah. Of of 2016 movies I saw last year. Yeah. Oh, it's it's
0: easily in the, the top 10, maybe even the top five for me, because, like, it okay. wouldn't dethr- dethrone Arrival, but I think it's better than Sully. Hmm. Um, it's similar in Tin Cloverfield Lane because it rests its laurels on some really superior performances. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, like, you know, it's better than Doctor Strange, but Doctor Strange is a hell of a lot more fun. Is, is it better than Snowden? Man, it's tough. Because so. <laughs> Snowden's like not even that good except for the the the, the social message. And yep, that's and only the, if you agree with it.
1: <laughs> right, right. I, I don't think Snowden is a, an exceptional movie on the face of it. Right. Uh, So it's interesting because I, I said early on in the podcast, you know, this was an okay movie. And I've come to realize how much I'm actually grading on a curve against every fucking movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's like, how do you compete with the classics of all time, right? <laughs> and and the nostalgia that I have for many of the movies I saw growing up, yeah. And that's all going to get weighed against this movie. And you know, I've seen this movie once. I saw it recently. It's I'm I'm past a nostalgia point of my life, <laughs> like
0: right, yeah. And that's the thing. Like I've the older I get and the more not even the older the more media i see mm-hmm. it's interesting how that affect because it like yeah. you, you almost never see something entirely new and when you do it's like holy shit like like i'm having that experience yeah. right now with the young pope i had that experience with the leftovers like this is just something yep. that i didn't even know i needed and, and i'm getting it but what i what stands out are in like insane visuals mm-hmm. and insane performances and you know it's to the point where a excellent performance where a person is emoting and telling me what they're feeling is not doing it for me anymore. It's <laughs> right. Instead, it's the things that I notice are like Jeff Bridges, like those those five seconds after he kills um, Tanner. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, I didn't know how that character would react until he did. And I'm like, oh, that's exactly how he would do it. Right. It's not a stock. It's not, no, it's not any this big thing. It's just, like, yeah, that's how this emotionally constipated, beef jerky lawman of a person would react to these very conflicting stimulus that he's feeling and realizations he's having. Right. And that's where, like, I really sit up and take notice. mm mm-hmm. Um, you know, good dialogue still gets, gets it and like, you know, insane action, but I just, you know, it's, it's kind of sad that we're, we're, we're probably not going to see very many new stories from this point forward in our lives. Right. I
1: mean, that's the thing I'm jaded on, on stories in the real world, right? I Mm -hmm. almost have to go to sci-fi and fantasy to see things that are new and intriguing from a story standpoint, because they can do things that the real world just plain can't. And I've seen so many real world movies like, mm-hmm. how do you put this up against Apocalypse Now or The Godfather or, or even, even like No said, Country for Old no Men? No Country like, or 310 the or... These are masterpieces of movies, and this movie doesn't quite reach that height, but maybe only because I've seen those movies. Yeah. Like, I could see myself watching this before I had seen No Country for Old Men and really thinking it was amazing. But I'll still think of, like, how,
0: like, Chris Pine looked when he was dealing with the banker at the end of the movie and wanting him to see him facts at the lawyer I'll still remember mm-hmm. yep. uh, you know uh, Jeff Bridge's performance after his partner was shot all those things will stick and and that, that's the thing like only a handful of movies raise that bar where right. I'll probably right. remember those particular things for a long long time if not the rest of my life mm-hmm. um, you know like that's the other thing is you start thinking about that's you know when people start dying you know like i 20 years ago you'd have the memoriam at the oscar and 90 percent of it was like who the fuck is this person right and then you'd have like heath ledger (laughs) you know the guys that died of overdose or a or a car wreck and now it's like oh shit i remember watching these people growing up and as an adult and how they made me feel like when jeff bridges dies i'm gonna think about like him being the dude and him being rooster cogburn and him being a uh, Je- Jebediah Stang or who whatever his character was in, in Iron team. Man, yeah. and that's uh... is this going
1: to be one of those roles though? Like I, mean... I said, I, I do
0: think that like I I remember his character from True Grit, but I, I I'm I'm having mm-hmm. a hard time. Like I guess the. The, the thing that stands out in my mind in that movie is that montage of him running with that girl in his hands, his, his mm-hmm. arms. Yeah. Like, you know, this old-ass man running in the snow trying desperately to get this girl to a hospital or someone yeah. that can treat her snake bite before she dies. Uh, and how I really believed it, uh, t- oh, t- uh, utterly in that scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that uh, his, uh, the his him shooting Tanner is going to be something I remember when he's gone. So, that's yeah, pretty I high just, praise. I just
1: don't, I don't think this movie had the magic that's going to make it like a big contender come Oscar time.
0: No, I, mean, I did think it get you're nominated? right. Yeah. For like, I know for, a, I, I know it got at least the bet. Um, Cause I was, I was looking up um, the director and the writer, which I, we didn't even really spend much time talking about that. Right. And I made a lot of notes about it. Um, <laughs> this movie is written by T- Taylor Sheridan, who I guess was prominent as an actor for playing this uh, police officer, David Hale on sons of anarchy. Hmm. But he also directed the Dennis uh, Villa, Villa, Villanova um, Sicario that came out okay. last year,
1: yeah,
0: uh, which he got a WGA award for Best Original Screen, Screenplay, and he's also got an Oscar hmm. nomination for Best Original Screenplay for this movie, so he's making a little bit of noise. All right. uh, and it's directed by David McKenzie, which I hadn't seen any of his movies, but he did direct something in 2013 called Perfect Sins, which is a sci-fi film starring Eva Green who is the star of uh, 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 Penny Dreadful and Ewan McGregor, who everybody knows. And I'm like, I know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch that movie. Um, but yeah, so I know it got a couple of those awards, and it wouldn't surprise me to hear that Jeff Bridges or maybe even Chris Pine got a nomination for, for a starring yeah. or supporting role. Yeah. But I, I don't know for a fact that that's happened. It's it's But, but for his best movie... Like it seems like arri- arrivals getting a lot of notice. It seems like, you know, this this improbable love for La La Land is going around. <laughs> um, but yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh congratulations Lindsay for uh besting all comers in your league and uh congratulations on 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 winning the league. Thank you for uh commissioning this podcast. I had an enjoyable time watching it. Uh, and honestly, I probably this would have slipped slipped my notice because this came and kind of went. It made only cost like twelve million to make, and it made thirty six, so it mm-hmm. tidy profit for the studios. But it did, it didn't get a lot of like wide release love. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised I hadn't heard of it before because like I'm kind of, you know, Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine are people I pay attention to.
1: Yeah, it, it feels like one of those movies where you look back through an actor's catalog and or history, and you say. Oh, they did that? I should probably check that out. Right. Oh, that has a lot of people in it that yeah. I like, and I didn't realize they were in it, and I'd never heard of this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad I caught it before, you know, Jeff Bridges dies and I go back through his catalog and start watching <laughs> stuff, but yeah.
0: All right. Well, again, thanks, Lindsay. Uh If you'd like to commission your podcast, uh, your very own podcast, go to baldmove.com slash shop and go... There's there there's there's a bunch of community commissions where you can chip in 10 bucks at a time to make it happen. Or you can click on the film canister and do your own commission podcast for a much higher price. Or you can wait till next year and contact H- Hattorian on the forums and try to win <laughs> uh, the uh, Fantasy Football League. Uh, yep. Those are the ways to commission a podcast as presently constructed. Uh, we'll be back with another one here sooner rather than later. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.